Welcome to Around the Diamond, Ottawa's source for baseball talk. This is Shortstop Junior Rojo with the Rockland Boulders. This is your boy Reggie Abercrombie. Hey, this is your boy Coop. This is Josh Wood. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Kenny Bryant from the Ottawa Champions. This is Quebec Capital's third baseman and pitcher Lachlan Fontaine. Hey, this is Ottawa Champion second baseman Albert Cartwright all the way from the Bahamas. You're listening to Around the Diamond with my man Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Profiling players' careers and their life outside of baseball. Now, here's your host, Diamond Dante. Seb high and deep to right, and that's out Cartwright, and that's a walk-off single. Albert Cartwright wins the ballgame. Mastro Berti comes in to score. Duarte up the middle, and that's the ballgame. Wilson, the one-two, big cut, and he struck him out. Wilson back-to-back strikeouts on a slider in the dirt. Tissenbaum swings at that one. And your co-host. Chambers flying into third with a triple. Chambers is back. He looks up and it's off the top of the wall. Fires it back into second base. And they got him. Chambers slaps it the other way. Louis Cardinals World Series champion Adron Chambers. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. And welcome to episode 53 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ. 1079. I am your host, Diamond Dante, and like you heard in the intro, Adron Chambers supposed to be with us on the show. He is back in Ottawa, but unfortunately, uh, due to some circumstances, Adron working very hard this week and one is was unable to join us on the program. But uh, a pretty cool moment just to you know say this right off the bat. You're listening to episode 53 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ. 1079. Adron Chambers, like you heard in the intro, a World Series champion, played the big leagues for three years, uh, was our co-host for uh, most of this offseason, but unfortunately wasn't able to join us. And this past week, I went over to have lunch with Adron, and uh, he's an okay cook. He, he made some wonderful guacamole, uh, or sorry, guacamole, is that what you, that you call it? Anyways, um, and it was it was funny because he's like, let me make you some soup, and then I turned around, I'm like, all right. And then all of a sudden, this was not soup. This was like mashed carrots and potatoes in like some bowl. And he's like, I got to teach you how to eat healthy. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go down that path. But he's a very healthy eater. And while I was at his house, I actually had the chance to see his World Series ring. He actually let me hold it and he let me wear it for the day. So I have to thank Adron Chambers and I'll let him off this week. I'm not, I'm going to try to get him on next week, but. I have to give it to Adron for letting me wear uh, his uh, 2011 uh, St. Louis Cardinals World Series ring the other day. It was definitely a pretty cool moment. And I remember watching that game, 2011, they came back against Texas. And I remember watching that game and seeing, um, you know, Adron and them come onto the field and just um, and celebrate. And now he's playing for the Ottawa Champions in the Independent Leagues. And uh, I was very, uh, very grateful to be able to wear that ring. Of course, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. You can find past episodes, including this episode of Around the Diamond. It's episode 53, live on CKDJ 1079. Outside of 
the radio show. You can find all, all the episodes on iTunes and on SoundCloud at Around the Diamond on iTunes and at Diamond Dante Audio on SoundCloud. My SoundCloud is used to distribute it to iTunes and on uh on SoundCloud, I also post a lot of my hockey highlights as well because I do do a lot uh, with uh, junior hockey. And, of course, um, you know, listeners from all over the globe, we got, you know, I've looked at some of the numbers this week and we've been able to get people from Canada, the U.S., uh, all over the world, uh, Colombia, which is, uh, of course, because of Steve Brown. But uh, it was it was great. Uh, it's been a great year and I still hope to, to do the show um, on this episode we got two. We got two wonderful guests, and uh, one guy that I've been wanting to talk to for for months. And uh, since uh, I saw him pitch with the Can-Am Le- in the Can-Am League with the Quebec Capitals last year, we're going to welcome up next Yasfia Rakar for the first half of the show. And he played uh, in the 2015 Pan Am Games for Canada, and they walked it off. They won gold medal, uh, the gold medal in that tournament. He's also played with. Uh, he went to Stony Brook University with Max Tissenbaum, who spoke very highly of that university. Uh, Yasfia Rakar uh, spoke highly of that university. We're going to talk to him next, and it's going to be interesting to see what he has to say coming into the uh, 2017 Can-Am League fe- season with the Capitals. He hasn't been signed just yet, but this is a guy who had his best season of his career before he was named to the Can-Am or to the Pan-Am League Games with Team Canada, and when they won gold, he had like a 2.96 ERA and with the Chicago Cubs and A-ball, right? And and then he got released and. Um, that's the one thing you have to take into account. You could be as good as you can, but if the team doesn't see anything in you, then they release you. And it kind of makes me upset when I see guys, especially Canadian guys, because, you know, Canadian baseball players have a really uh, soft spot in my heart, and I always, I'll support them for the rest of my life till I die. And uh, the one thing that I want to mention is that he had a really good ERA. He had a real good season. And he even told me that, hey, listen, I thought that was my best season. And unfortunately, he was released and it was tough for him to take in. But he's going to tell you a little bit more about that coming into our next segment where Yasfia Rakar will join us. And he is a, a native of Brampton, Ontario. So he's a local Ontario guy, not too far from Ottawa. Uh, he's a hockey fan and he's actually a, a descent from India. So he's going to tell us a little bit about how he got into baseball and his career then, later on in the show, for the second half of the show, we're going to welcome Brandon Fisher, who is the newest Ottawa Champions infielder. And uh, Brandon is a guy that um, played summer ball. Um, he kind of had to grind his way into professional baseball and being signed into pro ball. So I look forward to talking with Brandon Fisher. And, um, you know, 22 years old, being signed into uh, the Can-Am League. So Hal Lanier saw something in him. We spoke with Hal Lanier two weeks ago. He he said some good things about Brandon Fisher. He hit a home run. Um, so he's got a little bit of pop. He can play all over the diamond. Hal Lanier said he wants him to go not only in the outfield, but play in the infield. And versatility is something that you need on your ball club. And for Brandon Fisher, he knows that. So I am, I'm looking forward to see what Brandon Fisher has to say on the show uh, but once again, that's going to wrap up this first segment. We have a lot to talk about on the show. I'm going to keep this one short. Later on, to, to wrap up the show, I'm going to talk about the World Baseball Classic. Over the last few weeks, I've been jam-packed, uh, booked with guests, so I haven't been able to touch on the World Baseball Classic as much, uh, talking about it outside of some of the guests that have joined us on the show. Of course, we had Miguel Gomez on last week, the newest Ottawa Champions pitching coach, and we talked with uh, Matt Paget for for two parts of the show, not only about being signed as the manager of the Jackals and, you know, manager of baseball ops as well, but also um, he played in AAA. So you can listen back to our previous shows 
Um, this show, we're going to be joined with Yasfia Rakar, who played with the Cubs, the Pan Am Games in 2015, won gold with Canada, and played with the Capitals last season. Was 10 and 3 with 499 ERA last season. And then we're going to talk with Brandon Fisher, the newest infielder, utility man for the Ottawa Champions. You're listening to episode 53 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. We will be back in a few. And when we come back, yes, Fio Rakar of the Quebec Capitals will join us next. Hey, this is Pan Am gold medalist Jasper Clark, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 53 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Later on in the show, we will talk with the newest Ottawa champions infielder, Brandon Fisher. Once again, you can find the show on iTunes and on SoundCloud by typing in Around the Diamond. Now I'm very happy to be joined with 2015 Pan Am Games gold medalist Yasfir Rakar. And just as a quick introduction, before playing last season with the Quebec Capitals, Yasfir attended Stony Brook University and was then drafted by the Cubs in 2012. His biggest achievement came uh, two years ago in 2015 when he won the uh, Pan Am Games with Canada in 2015. Yasfir, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. Hey, listen, it's uh, it's nice to talk with some Canadian content. Of course, uh, you know Max Tissenbaum, who's been on the show now twice uh, before when he was playing with Quebec and now uh, being signed with the Rockies. Now, of course, you are from uh, Brampton, Ontario. And uh, just off the top of my head, I can't really think of too many guys that have not only been drafted, signed, or played in professional baseball from Brampton. So how tough was it to get noticed uh, just right out of the gates in high school uh, living uh, in, in Ontario in Brampton? Well, yeah, you're right. It is tough just because uh, high school baseball itself isn't as big as it is in the States around here. So it was mostly uh, a lot of it was 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 with a uh, travel ball that I was able to go out and get seen by by college scouts and pro scouts. And uh, I played for Brampton until I was around 16 and then uh, had to make the switch to uh, bigger travel ball teams and I ended up getting a scholarship after playing with the Intercounty Terriers. And just taking a look at, of course, the high school baseball itself and playing in Brampton, did you travel across Canada uh, playing maybe, you know, of course, one of the strongest teams when I played high school baseball was, you know, Windsor and, and Vancouver. Did you have a chance to travel around Canada playing against some of the, the top teams like Windsor and, and, and Vancouver as well? Yeah, well, actually, when I was um, when I was 15, I got invited to uh, join the Windsor Riverside in Nationals. Mm-hmm. So I played for Windsor. Um in Windsor in the national tournament. And then I also got to go to uh, Alberta Medicine Hat to uh, play in the Canada Cup. So I did get to do my fair amount of traveling around Canada just to kind of get exposure and and play the game I love. And still staying on that note, were there any guys that you played against or played with in your time as maybe a junior baseball player that you have maybe came across with the last few years, played with at the Pan Am Games in 2015 or uh, in the Can-Am League? Well, yeah, I actually, um, well, obviously Max is one of them. But I played against him my entire amateur life, and then we ended up going to the same college and and eventually started playing independent ball last year together, which is which is pretty crazy. But um, with the Pan Am Games, there was a left-handed pitcher named Evan Rutsky who I played with in Windsor, and I hadn't seen him since I was 15. We got to play together for Canada and Toronto, so that was that was pretty fun too. 
joined here with Yasfia Rakar, who won the Pan Am Games with uh, the Quebec, or sorry, won the Pan Am Games in 2015 with Canada, and then played last season with the Quebec Capitals and uh, was drafted by the Cubs in 2012. Now, now staying on that note, uh, just on um, you know your your younger career and when you were playing in high school ball, how did you how did you get noticed enough to to attend Stony Brook University? Out of uh, out of high school when you were 17 years old. Well, I was just fortunate to play for um, a really good coach that was uh, was good uh, a good recruiting coordinator and uh, was able to put us in front of scouts. And uh, he actually sent uh, there was three pitchers from our team that he sent individually down to uh, Long Island throwing a few showcases for teams. And I think Stony Brook had already seen me at the 40 man youth camp back then. Uh, I think now it's called the T12, but back then we had a 40-man youth camp, and they saw me there, and then they saw me a second time when I went back to, to Long Island, and uh, everything worked out, and we ended up getting uh, getting to sort out, sort out a scholarship and an opportunity for me to go down there and play. Here with professional baseball player Yasfir Rakkar, played with the Quebec Capitals last season and won the 2015 Pan Am Games with Canada. And and Max, uh, just from looking at your bio and and check and searching up online, I noticed that uh, you are Canadian, but your your parents are from India. So how did how did the game get put on you? Was it just kind of a sport that you fell in love with, or or was your dad maybe a baseball fan? What kind of went through you know uh, your roots in order to uh, to try to make it a career for yourself? Well, it's funny. I actually um, began playing soccer, and I was pretty good at soccer. But um, my parents were just kind of putting us in sports as trial and error, and see what happened and it just centered playing baseball I was pretty good at it and I fell in love with it at a young age and kind of just stuck with it and thankfully my parents supported me through it all too. And was there anybody that you might have looked up to at that point in your career that made you want to keep pursuing the game? Well I did have um, older cousins that had begun playing baseball so I went to a few of their games as a kid and thought you know what this is something that I wanted to try out so I could credit them for uh, for sparking my interest in the sport. Maybe and also there's just the Blue Jays. Growing up watching the Blue Jays was also fun too. And maybe even outside of baseball, just taking a look at your culture. You you are from India, and or sorry, you have an Indian descent. Have you had a chance to to go back and maybe look at your roots at all, or or has it just been staying in Canada and the U.S.? No, I went once. Um, went for around a month, and uh, when I was around ten years old, I haven't gone back since. I'm just been tough with. Uh, with my career and all to go back but yeah it was amazing to go back and see where my parents grew up and the circumstances and and how everything's changed and and meet the people and family that we have back there joined here with Yasfir Rakar of the Quebec Capitals and of course uh, Yasfir you were drafted by the Cubs at a Stony Brook University in 2012 now as a Canadian guy how happy were you to not only make it to professional baseball from Canada, but to be drafted by the Cubs in 2012. You know, it was it was a really really um, happy time in my life, just because of the College World Series, and and I had a pretty fun and, and uh, solid college career. So, I mean, I always knew that there was a chance that I could play professional baseball, but it was never really something that I thought of until it actually happened. And when it happened, it was kind of almost like a shock factor, like I can't believe I'm getting the opportunity to kind of pursue the game I love and play at the next level. So it was pretty amazing, and especially being Canadian and, and knowing that the sport was was still and is still growing in the country, it's amazing to be one of those guys that gets that opportunity to kind of be out, to go out there and represent the country.
Now, now yes, fear, of course, um, just from talking to Max Tissenbaum on the previous two shows that he joined us on, he's always spoke highly of Stony Brook University and everything that he learned and, you know, some of the alumni. And, and of course, the way that that team was kind of built, you guys had a very good season. Of course, you mentioned that you were uh, you went all the way to the College World Series and uh, and yourself had a pretty good year as well, along with Max. Um when you both got drafted, and not, and maybe just I can't think of any of the other names that were drafted from that team, how happy were you to not only get drafted but to have a lot of your other teammates get drafted in that same draft in 2012? It, it was fun. It, like I said, it was a really, really fun process. I'm not sure if Max mentioned it. was. Um, so what happened was we were in the regionals in Miami, and it was the first day of the draft. And a lot of us knew that we were we were getting uh, getting looked at by teams. We were a pretty high, highly scouted team throughout the Northeast. And uh, first day happened, and we had one of our guys go in the first round. And just that happening, like one of your friends, seeing one of your friends go through such a life-changing moment, and even knowing that you're still going to get to play together for a few weeks because our, our run was still going, was amazing. And uh, over the next few days, it was pretty crazy because we were going from Miami straight to Louisiana, Baton Rouge. And uh, I think I actually think Max got drafted while we were on the plane, so he didn't even know until we landed that he got picked. So just going through that with these guys, like we were all together at the time because we were traveling, and it was just like almost every two hours there was I think seven of us drafted. Almost every two hours, someone was was getting some great news. So it was it was a fun experience. That that sounds pretty good to me. When you see all your other teammates being drafted, and you know you know seven other guys, that's pretty impressive. And you talked about somebody drafted in the first round. Who was that? Uh, Travis Jankowski. He's actually a center fielder for the Padres. Yep. Wow. That that that's yeah, he's one of the the fastest players in in the MLB. So it must have been cool uh, to play with uh, with Jankowski. Is there anybody else on that team that you played with uh, that has been you know has made it to the major leagues? Uh, there's one other pitcher, uh, Nick Tropiano. Yep. He's with the Angels. Yep. But I, uh, he's he was probably he's actually one of the guys that I think that most influenced me as a pitcher while I was playing because he was older than me. So I kind of tried to pick his brain and figure out a few tips and see why he was so successful and trying to figure out ways I could be. Well, yes, fear. I'll tell you. Use. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I'm not I'm not a ghost to, to any of those guys. Jankowski, a real good left or center fielder with the with the Padres, spent you know time in AAA in the big leagues last year in Tropiano uh, with the um, with the LA Angels has uh, has been a fairly good pitcher. Uh, you know, moved from the starting rotation to the bullpen. So uh, those are two uh, fairly big names uh, that you played with. Once again, we're joined here with Yasir Rakar, played with the Quebec Capitals last season. Now. Just from talking to you about your time in university at Stony Brook, I want to ask you the few things that you might have learned there. You talked about maybe uh, what Tropiano you know, did on your career, but was there any coaches or any personnel on that team that might have helped you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I have to credit the entire coaching staff for, um, for helping me grow as a player. Because when I went there, I was, we were all pretty raw. We were kind of just, we had the tools, but we didn't know how to, how to how to handle them in the game and kind of put them to use. And as a pitcher, like um, I think at the time when I first got there, I would consider myself a thrower. And over time, with the help of both Coach Coach Panucci, uh, Coach Marin, who was our pitching coach, and even uh, Coach Sank, they were able to turn me from from a pitcher into uh, from a thrower into a pitcher. And I was able to kind of learn how to pitch with with the, with the help from them. And, and at that point in your career, when you were drafted by the Cubs, I've talked to a, a lot of guys on this show that were, have not only made it to the major leagues, but have made it to the minor leagues. And I always try to ask this one question. When you went straight from college 
to the minor league system. Was it an eye opener for you? Was it tough at all to uh, you know go straight into the system and and did you know what you were going to expect at that point? You know, I spoke to a few of the guys that went to Stony Brook and got drafted before us, so I had an idea. But even then, you still can't get prepared for the the difference between college and professional baseball because there really is a big difference. And um, just making that change and and getting getting right into it like that. I mean, it takes a few few weeks, maybe a month to adapt. But the good thing is that there's a lot of other guys that got drafted out of college too that are making the changes at the same time as you. So you guys are going through it together. And of course, later on in the system, you had you know pretty good numbers. And in your 2015 year, when you eventually got selected to play for Canada at the 2015 Pan Am League Games, you had a real good season. Your ERA was under three, but unfortunately, you were released by the Cubs and then signed with the Capitals. Before talking about your time with Quebec, I want you to take us through your 2015 season when you were released by the Chicago Cubs and your reaction, your mentality when that happened after you had had a pretty good season in your own eyes. Yeah, you know what? It was it was frustrating just because, like you said, it was probably the best season I've had in my career, especially since I was was used really used a lot as a back end guy in the bullpen. And uh, but then again, like when you're in the system for that long and and you've seen three or four spring trainings, you kind of know how the business works and yeah. how how it works. There's constantly guys coming in from the new draft. There's also guys signing at the AAA level as backups for the major leagues. So eventually the numbers start crunching and it comes down to a business and just the fact that you get to see the average minor league player only sees maybe two spring trainings i think that's what that's what uh we were told and uh the fact that i was able to go through four was kind of an amazing feat but it still was a shocker and but it's understandable because it is it's not just about baseball anymore it's also business we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Yasfir Rakar of the Quebec Capitals will still be with us on episode 53 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ1079. And coming into our next segment, he's going to talk about uh, playing in the Chicago Cubs organization. That's up next. We'll be back in a few after a quick break. This is Memphis Redbirds manager Sebby Clapp, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Dante DiCaria on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 53 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. We are still talking with uh, Quebec Capitals pitcher Yasfir Rakar, and now we're going to move over to your time uh, with the Chicago Cubs system. And of course, yes, Fier, you played in the Chicago Cubs system. They won the World Series last year. Any guys on that team that you might have uh, played played with uh, that you still keep in contact with, or still, uh, or that now have a World Series ring? Uh, yeah. Um, when I was first, my first year in short season, I played with Chris, Chris Bryant. He was uh, actually sent to Boise to start off his career, so got to play with him a few games and see what he's all about, and realized that you know what, this kid has something special with him. And then there's also guys like uh, Rob Zestrizny, who is a who's a bullpen guy for them. So there there are a few guys that I played with growing up through that system. Uh, did you have a chance to play with uh, Trevor Gretzky at all? Of course, you played with him last season, but uh, he's been on the show before. Real nice guy, uh, stand-up guy, and, and a good ball player as well. Did you have a chance to play with him in the Cubs system? Yeah, yeah, we, uh, I played. I think I had uh, two years with him in. Uh, in rookie ball in short season, I got to 
kind of see what he's all about. And like you said, he's a really good guy. And, you know, coming from, from being the great one's son, you know, he's really down to earth and he's a great guy to be around and hang out with. And speaking about the great one, did you grow up being a hockey fan at all or was it just baseball for you? No, no, I loved hockey and I've always, always been a fan of, of the Leafs growing up. And I mean, everybody knows who, who Wayne is and, you know, how, how amazing his career was. So, Attend any Brampton Battalion games at the time? Of course, they uh, they were the OHL team where you are from. Did you have any uh, have a chance to go watch them play when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, we went to a few games when I was growing up, and uh, I got to go watch those guys play. It was it's unfortunate that they uh, they're no longer here. And going back to uh, your, you know, when you were released by the Cubs, you then signed in that offseason with the Quebec Capitals and spoke with Pat Scalabrini and Jonathan Malo. What was the uh, the main key in that process when being signed by Quebec? Was it Malo approaching you, or was it your agent kind of finding that there was an opening in Quebec? Um, you know what? It was um, my agent has a really good uh, relationship with Scal, so he knew that I would be taken care of there. And, and knowing that there's guys like Mallow and uh, Leonardton as well was going, and, right. and I knew a bunch of the guys there was uh, was an easy was an easy helper to help me sign with that team. And in that off season, yes, fear. Did you feel that you had any other options, any other chances, maybe not to go an independent ball, or was it just you know, hey, listen, let me go play in Canada, let me go play in Quebec and try to win a championship? Well, you know what, it was tough that the, the the timeline for when I got released was tough because. Every team had already made their rosters, so nobody was looking to really add at the end of March and beginning of April. So when I had discussed with my agent was to to go somewhere where I would be able to get innings and hopefully put up some good numbers and, and uh, get seen. And I, and I guess it was a blessing in disguise, wasn't it, knowing that you had a chance not only to play in Canada but also to play with a lot of Canadian guys, a lot of your friends and former teammates in Quebec? Yeah, yeah, that that was an amazing, uh, amazing experience. Especially not only to just play with guys I knew, but a lot of the guys I didn't know were great guys, and they made the season really fun, and and we were able to enjoy every minute of it as well. Maybe your favorite part playing with the Quebec Capitals. I don't know if you you you've spoken, you speak French at all. I know there's some guys on that team like Malo and Carl Jelena's that uh, know a little bit of French. So how how tough was the language barrier when you went down to play uh, in, with the Capitals? Well, it's funny. I actually, um, I was actually in a French immersion program okay. for uh, elementary school, so I'm pretty fluent in it. However, when I started moving down to the states for university and and to play baseball professionally, I started to lose it and took up a little bit more Spanish. Right. But when I went back to Quebec and hearing them talk and hearing everybody talk around me, it's really revived my French, and I feel like like it's back to what I was at before, where I'm pretty fluent with it. Joined here with Yasfir Rakar of the Quebec Capitals, played for uh, Canada at the 2015 Pan Am League Games and won a gold medal. Take us through that that team itself. You guys had a real tight group. You won the the Pan Am Games. First, I want to start off by taking a look at the coaching staff. You saw you know the same coaching staff that was in the 20, uh, 2017 World Baseball Classic, Ernie Witt. Larry Walker. Uh, of course, Stubby Clapp was there at the Pan Am Games. Unfortunately, wasn't there at the World Baseball Classic due to his promotion uh, being the AAA manager of the, the Memphis Redbirds. But uh, Ernie Witt, Larry Walker, tell us about those guys. Even Greg Hamilton, the coaching staff with the uh, 2015 Pan Am League Games that you played in. You know what? I mean, when I first got called by Greg to, uh, 
to join the team and I ended up looking at the roster and, and the staff I was kind of in awe because a lot of those guys are the staff are the guys I watched playing baseball growing up and yeah and they they just had such amazing careers and it was just like at one point it was like oh I'm getting to get to meet these guys and it's going to be amazing and the other point is like, I'm going to get to talk to these guys and pick their brains and find out ways that I can get better in my career so it was just ecstatic for me to be able to go and pitch for guys like Dennis Boucher Paul Quantrill and then meet like Larry Walker and, and play for play for Ernie Witt and especially Greg did did you learn anything at all from Quantrill and Denny Boucher they've been around the game for a long time and of course uh were coaches with Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic uh, this past season yeah I mean I, I I did get to learn a lot and I, I think one thing I told myself before I went there was make sure you ask as many questions as possible because right. you're not going to get better better coaching from these two guys than these two guys. So it was amazing. Um, worked with Den- I worked with Dennis about about some of the, like, um, my mechanical issues. And then with Quantrill, I talked about just relieving in general and the mindset. And it was just, it was just a really fortunate part, part of my career to kind of get to bounce some ideas off these guys and, and learn from them. Now, of course, the Pan Am Games, a wonderful moment for you, winning the, the gold medal, and I'm sure you'll hold on to that for the rest of your life, and it'll probably go to the grave to you. Would you say that is probably your, your career milestone, the, the biggest achievement in your career, something that you can maybe say to uh, some, if you have kids someday or any other family members, friends, to say, hey, listen, uh, I won the Pan Am Games in 2015, and I got a gold medal to show for, and it's uh, and it, it means a lot to me? Uh, yeah, I mean, I... It's it's definitely one of it's definitely probably the biggest part of my career. Just not only because it's we won gold, but also it's my first time getting to wear those colors and represent Canada, and just play with those guys and and especially to do it at home in Toronto was amazing. And now we're getting put into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, which kind of steals the deal as yes. well. So that's just an amazing, amazing experience. What was it like to get the walk-off? Of course, not too many people know. Some do, but not too many people know that probably do listen to this show uh, that uh, you guys actually walked it off. Uh, I believe it was the ninth inning. It was a. I- I'm trying to remember what it was. I'm, I'm the the whole situation. Can you take us back to just winning on a walk-off? Yeah, well, it was actually the eleventh inning, and we were doing the. Uh, I don't know if you watched the classic. We were doing the international baseball rules, right? Where the runners on first and second start the inning. And what happened was in the top of the ninth, they scored two runs. So in our minds, it's like, oh, man, we need to score two runs here to tie it at least and three to win it. And just um, what happened was I think we had runners on first and second, and they tried to pull on some uh, some sneak play and, and back pick the runner at first. And eventually started throwing the ball around and allowed us to score three runs and, and kind of walk off. I remember... I remember getting so excited and pumped about scoring the second run to tie the game that I almost missed the game-winning run coming home because I was in the bullpen celebrating with the guys. Uh, do you still remember the face on Pete Orr when he scored the run? Oh yeah, I mean he was. <laughs> it was. It looked like excitement, but also just like shock. Like he couldn't believe it happened. He couldn't believe he was able to score from first on that play. And for of course, we're here with Yasfia Rakkar, who won the 2015 Pan Am Games with Canada and played for the Capitals last season. Now, before we wrap up uh, this segment with you, uh, uh, Yasfir, I want to ask you about what you've been working on this offseason to maybe uh, better yourself for next season. Of course, you had 10 wins with Quebec last year, had a, had a pretty good season with the Capitals. What have you been working on this season or this offseason? Well, I mean, I was kind of frustrated with the way my season ended last year because uh, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't re- re- really uh, 
physically prepared to be a starter. I've always been a reliever my whole life, but when uh, Scal kind of started looking for uh, someone to fill in the rotation, I told him I would I would I would do it. And at the beginning, it started off real good, but then I started to hit a wall. So I've been working on endurance and trying to work out in a in a way that I can make my body stronger and healthier to last a longer season. And I've also been doing a weighted ball program um, with a couple of my old coaches here in Brampton, and uh, hopefully get some get some some more velocity behind my baseball. Well, sounds good. Hey, listen, man, we look forward to seeing you have a good season uh, with the Quebec Capitals. And once again, thanks for joining us on the show. And uh, I guess we'll talk soon. And uh, best of luck this year. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That was Yasfir Rakar of the Quebec Capitals. And boy, a stand-up guy. And uh, really nice to talk with him on Around the Diamond. Episode 53, we're still not done. The second half of the show, we're going to welcome Brandon Fisher, the newest Ottawa Champions infielder to the show. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. It's episode 53 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. We'll be back in a few. Hey, this is Brandon Fisher from the Ottawa Champions, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 53 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. In our last half of the show, we were talking with Pan Am Games gold medalist, Yasfia Rakar. Now I'm very happy to be joined over the phone with the newest Ottawa Champions infielder, Brandon Fisher. And just a quick introduction, Fisher played the 2015-2016 season with St. Thomas uh, College in Spring Hill, New York, where he batted 283 with two home runs and 20, uh, 20 RBIs in 29 games. The Long Island native also played for North the North Shore's Navy Navigators of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League in 2015, where he batted 338 with one home run and 36 RBIs in 54 games and was named to the All-Star team. Brandon joins us on the program today. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Dante. Thanks for having me. Hey, listen, nice to talk with one of the newest Ottawa champions infielder. It, has that sit in yet? When when Hal first gave you the call, what was your reaction? <laughs> I was shocked, man. It was, you know, it was an awesome feeling, and I actually wasn't expecting to get signed. I was a little worried coming, you know, towards the end of the camp over in Florida, and uh, you know, for him to, uh, you know, to break the news, you know, it was something really special that I've been working forward to, uh, you know, my whole life to making a pro pro organization and you know it was something really cool is it one of those things where you kind of look back and say listen i was in high school like four years ago just playing high school baseball having fun playing shortstop second base you know all over the diamond uh hitting balls out of the ballpark and now you're being signed to a professional team is that has that been something that you've looked back on of course man i always i always look back on my life and you know how i got here and what i did and the choices i've made and you know it's something really special now take us back to your high school days. What was the one thing that, you know, the one person in high school that may have helped you and improved your game uh, to get to this point? Maybe a coach, uh, ex-teammate, somebody in high school. Um, you know what? Out of everybody I played with and played for, my my father um, actually, you know, helped me along the way. Um, he, uh, you know, he really helped me get to the next level and, um you know, videoing me, doing showcases and paying for everything, you know. I think, you know, he's the one that I have to thank for all this and I wouldn't have done it without him. 
Was he one of those guys that took you out to the field every weekend or every night and said, hey, listen, we're going to take batting practice. I'm going to throw you soft toss. Was your dad one of those guys, almost like a coach to you? Yeah, of course. You know, he still does it today. We still go out there and, you know, he still, you know, throws me uh, BP and hits me ground balls and, you know, does the whole, you know, whole nine. Here with Brendan Fisher of the Ottawa Champions, we're talking about uh, his, you know, early days of his career. And, uh, you know, we're talking about your high school days. And, and now you, you mentioned your dad. Uh, was he the guy that kind of influenced you and put you into baseball? Uh, yeah, you know, I've been playing baseball from about four years old. And, you know, he uh, he always loved the game. He played it in high school. And, you know, just growing up, you know, he uh, he was the first one, you know, to have a catch for me. And, you know, I immediately fell in love with the game, you know, just like that. And, you know, he helped me through the whole process. And, you know, it's been a journey ever since. How did you get noticed in high school to eventually attend St. Thomas Aquinas College and pursue your baseball career at the college level? Well, uh, my summer league coach, Kevin Salmon, who, uh, who played in the Phillies organization for a couple of years, he, uh, he was a coach over at Briarcliff College where I first attended for my first two years. And uh, he actually got me over to Briarcliff. And, you know, it was a, uh, a USCAA school. So I was, you know, going to go there for a couple of years and transfer and just, you know, learn the ways of college and mature as a baseball player and as a person. And, and right now, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No problem. And and after that, you know, we, uh, he he actually left and went to a different school, but you know, he got me there and he started my career, you know, in college. And you know, after that, I uh, I played in the summer league with the St. Thomas Aquinas coach and did really well there. And he wound up signing me after my sophomore year of college and then went to St. Thomas Aquinas the next two years. Right after right after your college career, did you expect to get signed right out of the gate, or did you feel that you had to take a little bit of time to develop your game at all? Well, I was, you know, I was ready from as soon as I graduated college. I was ready, and, you know, I wanted to play at the next level. I did a couple tryouts right after the season ended. But, uh, you know, it was, it was already kind of midway through the professional season so it was it was tough to get a, a roster spot over there but you know I didn't I didn't get in calls last summer so you know just working on my game and you know staying mentally healthy and physically healthy and you know eventually it took that winter to, to get bigger and stronger and work on my game and eventually you know went to this camp down in Florida where Hal wound up signing me and you know took it from there. And, of course, joined here with Brandon Fisher of the Ottawa Champions, the newest infielder to be signed uh, by the Champions, and you'll most likely see him on the diamond uh, this summer. And uh, maybe take us back to playing summer ball last season and uh, tell us the process to some of the listeners that don't know what summer ball is because we don't have that kind of stuff in Canada. So a lot of people that might be listening to this show uh, are probably not familiar to what you had to go through in summer ball. So just give us a little bit of a run-through of what summer ball is in the U.S., so I played in the Futures League, um, Collegiate League in, in Massachusetts, Connecticut area. Very good league, very good competition. Um, playing for the North Shore Navigators, I had, a, I had a great season over there. You know, summer ball is, you know, it's something very special, you know, especially if you're going away, you know, you stay the whole summer and, and a host family or, or an apartment, whatever, you know, whatever suits you. But I stay with the host family and, and with uh, one of my buddies from school. And, uh, you know, it's something very special where, where you meet a lot of good friends and, you know, you're away from home. So it's, you know, you're with these guys every single day. It's, it's a grind and, you know, it's a long season. You're playing every single day. 
And, uh, you know, summer ball, summer ball is, you know, very important to get ready for the next, for the next spring season at school. So, you know, being able to prepare yourself in the summer, fall and winter, it, you know, it, it's, it's crucial. And of course, playing summer ball, did you feel that had a big impact on getting signed this off season? Was there a coach that invited you, one of the instructors at the winter league that you attended this off season? Well, my GM over at the Navigators, Bill Turkley, uh, Turlecki, I'm sorry. He um he knew Nick Belmonte who ran the camp of course over at Florida Minor League Camp and you know he he's the one who got me set up with that so you know me having so much success over there on the Navigators you know he was able to put in a good word for me and get me over to that camp where later I got signed by Hell. And everything aside from playing uh, summer ball and playing college ball, you just wanted to play baseball, is that right? And and I mean maybe. Take away the fact that you've been signed by the Ottawa Champions. Your mentality when attending this camp or maybe just going to play summer ball in general was to get noticed mm. and to get signed? You know, just, you know, being out there playing baseball, you know, that's that's my dream. And, you know, to get to get paid for it, it's just something, you know, something extra. Mm. Um, you know, I just want to play this game as long as I can. And, you know, going over to Ottawa, it's had uh, so much success last year as a ball club. You know, it's it's even more of a bonus where I get to come in for, you know, uh, my rookie season, you know, coach under Hal Liner, who, you know, has so much to offer and so much to uh, learn from. So, you know, it's it's something really cool that uh, that's where I start my career. And Brandon, of course, you, you then attended this, the Winter League. How many days was the was the Winter League that you had? It was a uh, it was a 12 day camp. OK. So I, I've spoken. Was Billy Horn there at all, or was it just Nick and Hal and Brooks Carey? It was Nick and Hal and, and a couple other guys uh, with organizations. Okay, so so this camp, we've talked to some guys that have attended this camp over over the last two years, and I want to hear your thoughts on on attending this camp, the grind that you have to go through, and you know having to go to the ballpark, wake up every single morning and, and have to prove yourself and the, the amount of pressure that is put on yeah. you just to maybe get seen uh, by uh, a manager or a scout or whoever may be watching you because from my assumption is that you have to pay a lot of money to go here and you only have a small chance of being signed. Yeah. You know, so uh, going to this tryout camp, it's it's tough because, you know, you're you're trying to put on every single day and, you know, give it your all and, you know, sometimes you just overthink and try to do too much. You know, the important thing is, is you have 12 days at that camp. So, you know, those instructors and, and those guys in the organizations, they're going to be able to see you, you know, and everything you got for 12 days. So, you know, you know, you put you put on and you do well, you will get signed. And, um, you know, it's something that's not easy to do, of course. And, um, you know, I'm lucky enough where I worked hard and I, I did well over there and I, I you know, I got signed by Hal. So, you know, it's that camp was a very well run camp because the instruction was just incredible. You know, I learned so much in twelve days. Not only was, you know, they were evaluating my skills, but they were coaching me through it, which, you know, you don't really see at a lot of other camps. And Brandon, was there one pivotal point uh, pivotal point in that camp that may have uh, got you the edge over somebody else that Hal might have been looking at? Um, you know, I started off really strong the first five days. I had a home run, a uh, couple singles, a couple doubles, did well in the field. Then I kind of slowed down a little bit after I, uh, I kind of pulled up my groin a little bit. But, 
you know, Hal got to see enough out of me those first couple of days. And um, after that fourth, fifth day, I think that he, you know, was impressed. Joined here with Brandon Fisher of the Ottawa Champions, the newest infielder to be signed uh, by the team. And we had Hal Lanier on, uh, I believe it was two weeks ago. And uh, he talked a lot about you. He talked. He said that uh, you're a guy that can play the infield and the outfield. And I want to move on to your hitting right after this question. Uh, but do you feel that uh, your conversation, Hal Lanier, was saying that, hey, listen, I want you to be versatile. I need you to come in and you know be able to uh, to be a, a sound infielder, but also be able to play the outfield as well. I mean, you know, being a uh, utility guy, it's you know you need to be able to play every single position, especially as an infielder. I can, you know. Being athletic and being able to play the infield and outfield, it's you know it just looks better, and you'll get more playing time, you know, at, no matter who you are. So, you know, being an infielder, playing second base, playing third base, playing shortstop, um, I'm sure that you know the outfield's an easy transition, and I'd have no problem with it. Brendan Fisher here for us on Around the Diamond, the newest Ottawa Champions infielder, and Hal mentioned in an interview uh, two weeks ago, uh, your manager Hal Lanier said. Hey, listen, this guy can swing the bat. He's got a little bit of pop and not only home run pop, but this is a guy that hit the gaps and uh, can get some extra base hits for us down the stretch in the 2017 Can-Am League season. What do you feel are your strengths as a hitter uh, coming into this season? Uh, you know, I've been working a lot with my hitting coach, Matt Giuliano, uh, who played a couple years with the Phillies. And, um, you know, we've been we've been working every single day and, you know, working on my hands, staying through the ball. And, you know, that's that's my uh, biggest strength is being able to extend through the baseball and get that extra on the ball, you know, to uh, rather than a, a ground out to shortstop, being able to put the ball up the middle. Here with Brandon Fisher of the Ottawa Champions. And uh, how nice was it to be signed with four other guys that you attended that camp with uh, that are going to be playing with you this season? It's awesome. I know those guys. I, I spent 12 days with them. They're, uh, you know, a great group of guys. And, you know, it's it's cool that, you know, being able to play with them over, you know, that February 12 days, it, you know, it's it's really cool that uh, I got to see them more and play with them more. And, and at that point, once you attended the camp, did you have any other connections with Hal Lanier that may have got you that edge? I mean, we've talked a lot about what you've done, what you did in, in the Winter League over there that may have helped uh, – your chances of being signed by uh, Ottawa Champions manager Hal Lanier. Was there any connections that you had with him? No, I had no connections with him. I uh, I had no idea who he was at the time. And, uh, you know, coming in, I, I did some research on him, learned a lot. And, you know, Hal's a great guy. He, uh, he knows his stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to learning a lot from him. Now, Brendan, what is your mentality coming into the 2017 Can-Am League season with the Ottawa Champions Maybe your mentality coming into spring training to show Hal Lanier, hey, this is the same guy that you saw in the 12 days at the, at the camp yeah. that you attended this offseason. Uh, you know, my mentality has always been the same throughout my whole life. It's just, you know, give it all I got and, you know, work as hard as I can. I mean, I've been putting a lot of work in this offseason. You know, I know this season's going to be a grind. And, you know, wherever Hal wants to put me, I'm going to give it 100% no matter what. And, uh, you know, it's 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 a long season, and i just working on staying healthy and, yeah. Here with Brandon Fisher of the Ottawa Champions. And I guess to finish things off, you're very excited to move to a Canadian city. And my guess is that you don't know too much about Ottawa? No, I don't. But I've done some research on it. I heard it's a very beautiful city. And you know, I'm looking forward to going over there. Nation's capital. Now, that Nation's sounds pretty capital. good, eh? <laughs> That's right.
Well, you're That's gonna right. have you're gonna have to get used to to people saying a. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm already I'm already uh, thinking about it. Well, there you have it, Brandon Fisher, the newest infielder for the Ottawa Champions here for us on Around the Diamond. Hey, best of luck this season. Have a good season, and uh, we'll touch base with you again. It was really nice talking to you today. Thanks, Dante. I appreciate it. Hey, this is Edwin Jackson, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 53 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9 and on the podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud. We thank you so much for listening to episode 53. I am your host, Diamond Dante. You can find me on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante to find uh, past episodes and anything that's going on with uh, Ottawa baseball. I try to stay local and I talk a lot about uh, the game of baseball in Ottawa. And of course, we were talking with Brandon Fisher before of the Ottawa Champions, the newest member of the team. And boy, what a talk with Brandon, uh, a real stand up guy. And I look forward to not only meeting him this season, but also seeing what he brings uh, to the table. Uh, once again, I, I talked about it in the first segment. I talked about the two guys that uh, were coming on the show. We were earlier joined with Brandon Fisher and Yasfir Rakar. Now, um, I want to talk about the World Baseball Classic and. What a wonderful tournament. I wish we could have the World Baseball Classic like every two years or or, or whatever it may be. But right now, uh, we're moving on to um, the second round and championship round. So as it looks like right now, there is a Pool F and there is a, a Pool E. Unfortunately, Canada was eliminated uh, from contention in Pool C. They lost three straight games. Colombia was 1-2. and two. They didn't make it. USA was 2-1 and one, and Dominican was 3-0. and oh. On the other side, in Pool D, we're just talking about the the round robin, uh, if you could call it that. Puerto Rico was three and zero, Venezuela two and two, Italy was one and three, Mexico was one and two. So Puerto Rico and Venezuela advanced onto Pool F uh, from Pool D, uh, and Port- Venezuela and Puerto Rico moved on. Dominican and USA moved on from Pool C. Let's look at the teams that were playing out in Tokyo. Uh, Israel was three and zero in Pool A and advanced to. Uh, the next round, as as well as uh, Netherlands, the two other teams that didn't make it, uh, Chinese Taipei and Korea. As for Pool B, it was Japan and Cuba. Like always, most of those are the two teams that usually make it. China and Australia were eliminated. Australia was one and two. Um, now to the second round, uh, we look at Pool E: Japan three and zero, Netherlands two and one. They have now advanced onto the semifinal. Uh, Israel and Cuba were eliminated. Cuba is the, the same Cuban team that you are going to see uh, come to town to play the Ottawa champions in Israel, 1-2. and two. Uh, So Cuba's 0-3. They are eliminated after Israel was uh, very good in the first round. Um, as for Pool F, the teams playing in San Diego, they are still underway in their tournament. Dominican Republic, 1-1. One one. Venezuela is 0-2. They're on the brink of elimination. Puerto Rico and the U.S. are 1-0 and right now and will face off uh, this week. And uh, as as we look at the next round, the before the final, so this so for the um, the championship round, single elimination. So Netherlands will play the winner of Pool F, um, and Japan will play the uh, second place team in Pool F. So right now, um, Netherlands and Japan have already moved on. As it stands right now, it's either U.S. or Puerto Rico. So. Or Dominican, right? Because Dominican's one and one, or one and one. Venezuela's zero and two. They're probably not going to make it through. Uh, it's a very hard division. I mean, you're talking about the four, the four best 
countries in the world in terms of producing Major League Baseball talent. USA, of course, number one. Puerto Rico has produced some real good players like Carlos Correa, Javier Baez, and Francisco Lindor. Dominican Republic, I mean, they won the last tournament, so they are the favorites. And Venezuela, of course, Miguel Cabrera, the best hitter on the planet, is on that team. And so... It's so I as I'm gonna give you a little bit of prediction. I think USA and Dominican are gonna go through. Although Puerto Rico is hot, I think Dominican has that flash. Um, USA will win. They will play Netherlands, and then I feel that it's gonna be Dominican playing uh, Japan, and then Dominican moves on to the final. I think it's gonna be um, either Dominican against Netherlands or U.S. against Dominican Republic. I don't. I, I really don't want to see Japan in the final. Um, I would love uh, to see Netherlands in the final, not only because we have an Around the Diamond alumni uh, that will be playing on that team. Uh, uh, Callie and Sams hit a home run uh, earlier this week, and he is on that team, and he's a, an alumni of Around the Diamond. He's been on the show. Uh, I can't pinpoint the date that he came on, but he came on earlier in July or June, I believe it was. So, uh, I'm um, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing uh, Netherlands maybe in the final, but it's it's in a single elimination, right? So um, whoever wins the you know the semifinal two and one will advance to the final as it stands right now. Uh, at this point, um, Venezuela just really struggled with their pitching. They lost to uh, U.S. when they were up three to one, and then Eric Cosmer hit a big home run. Uh, speaking of Pool D, Italy had a chance to be Venezuela, so they are very shaky right now. It came down to Miguel Cabrera hitting a home run later in the game. But, I, I mean, at this point, um, Puerto Rico has the flash. I don't think they have the pitching uh, to make it. They have a lot of you know depth in the infield, um, but I think that Dominican is really going to come through with the, the plantain that they wave around. Um, but just to even mentioning this tournament has just been such a such a success. I mean, it goes to show that you're never out of a of a of a baseball game. It goes to show that there's always room uh, for minor league guys to prove themselves in front of scouts, not just but or international free agents like Cuba. We saw Canem League guys like uh, Raul Santos and Eurisbel uh, Graciel hit bombs and and triples and drive in runs for Cuba. Unfortunately, they were 0 three after going two and one in Pool B. Uh, and didn't make it onto the next round. And and for the Netherlands, um, a lot of their guys on that team are from Curacao. You know, Kali and Sam's from Hague in the Netherlands. Um, there's um, Jerks and Profars from Curacao. Um, Alexander Bogarts, the shortstop for the Boston Red Sox, is from Aruba. Um, so a lot of small islands that are you know with the Netherlands are, are playing for that team right now. Um, I think Kenley Jansen. They need him if they want to advance. Right. So. That game will be played at Dodger Stadium, the, the rest of the finals, um, and you can find those games on MLB.com, MLB TV, and MLB Network. I don't know if Sportsnet will be broadcasting the games, but uh, I look forward to seeing uh, this um, this series finished off. I, I think it's uh, the World Baseball Classic has been a, a great success, and uh, at the end of the day, um, I think, I mean, once again, just to go through the predictions, I think that it's going to be USA versus Netherlands. I think USA will win, but I'm hoping the Netherlands come through just because I know Cali and Sams. And uh, for Japan and Dominican Republic, I think it's going to be Dominican Republic and Japan, Dominican moving on to the finals to face either the Netherlands or USA. And wouldn't that be a pretty crazy game? We've already seen Dominican play US and the US uh, and Dominican beat the Americans in that ho- in that baseball game. I was almost going to say hockey game. Because uh, we, we don't get to talk about international tournaments and baseball as much as we do in hockey. But 
that's gonna that's gonna pretty much do it for episode 53 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. I want to thank everybody that tuned in once again. If you're listening on radio, uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes at Around the Diamond on iTunes in the app on your iPhone or on your uh, Apple computer. Uh, if you don't have an iPhone or an Apple computer, you can find the podcast on SoundCloud inside the SoundCloud app or uh, on soundcloud.com by typing in uh, Diamond Dante Audio. Once again, I appreciate uh, everybody that's uh, followed this show over the last year uh, in a bit. It's uh, been over a year now, and I've been very satisfied the way that this show has gone. Once again, I want to thank uh, the few, the two guys that joined us on the show earlier. Yes, Fear Rakar and Brandon Fisher. I owe it to Lachlan Fontaine for uh, hooking me up with uh, Yes, Fear Rakar's uh information and getting him on the show so thanks to Fontaine as well that's going to wrap up episode 53 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079 we will see you next week